everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Prep Extra Podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. As always, I am your host, Jeff Ekstrom, and alongside with me is Luke Mullen. Luke, good to see you in the studio. It's finally sunny out. The weather's getting nicer. I was able to get out some golf this week. I mean, things are coming together here as we get to the stretch here uh, near summer. There we go. Yeah, get out and uh, hit the golf course. I won't be there because I'm awful at it. You don't you don't want me <laughs> slowing you down. But definitely, I think I, we can we can speak for all the players, all the fans, all the coaches. Everybody was sick, really, of yeah. of the last month plus. I think you know. Well, we'll we'll knock on wood here and everywhere. I think there's some rain coming up in the next week, unfortunately. So. Out with one thing, in with the other, but but definitely some improved temperatures. Good sign for every single spring sport. And if you can believe it, with the rain coming next week, I hope that doesn't cause too much conflict because we're in postseason sports, oh, yeah. spring sports next week it's already. Getting, it's going to be a packed last couple of weeks. I mean, it always is in May. It's just a, a sprint to the finish <laughs> yeah. with all these different sports. And, well, let's recap all of those. Of course, uh, we have uh, soccer. We're going to start there, as always, Luke. We'll start on the Class A girls' side. Number one, Gretna, who's looked like a big favorite in Class A throughout the season, ends their year with a 3 nothing win over number 5, Elkhorn South. And Luke, I mean, their defense, unbelievable. Three goals allowed the entire year. Number one, uh, they're the favorite, perennial yep. favorite. Undefeated. I mean, nobody nobody really has been able to to get to them. Obviously, you look at that Scott, you know, three two overtime game at the start of the year. I mean, they and they're in Class B, so obviously they're not going to even be able to challenge them in uh, yeah. in the state tournament. I mean, Marion really that that other favorite. I mean, that was a, a two zero win for Gretna on uh, the Metro invite. So you know, not not a crazy scoreline, but I mean, just the talent all over the field for Gretna. You mentioned the defense. I mean. The attacking play has been great, too. Several 10-0 um, wins, big wins this year. A lot of 3-0, 2-0 games, you know, against some of those stronger opponents. But just been every bit as impressive this year as they were last year when they, they broke the Class A scoring record. So getting it done, you know, with uh, with a different formula this season. Well, and then you got the field behind the Dragons. Got a little interesting. Millard West, ranked number 7, defeated number 2, Omaha Marion, one to nothing. That begs the question of who really is that one team who could step up and uh, challenge Gretna here come postseason time. Definitely, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a Millard West team. I think they were up for you know number four, and number five a little bit earlier in the year. Had a couple losses, you know, one to Southwest a little bit earlier in the year. Uh, but obviously, a lot of talent. You know, they they're able to to keep Marion from scoring, which I don't think really anybody except Gretna has been able to do that all year. But I think you know Marion. That's a team that's usually built on defense. Uh, you know, I, I anticipate that should help them. You know, in their in their postseason run, but definitely, you know, when you get that that goal up, it can be a a whole world of difficult to get back from that for these teams. So, definitely, you know, you, you never know what's going to shake out over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, definitely that that result gives you a little bit of you know compression, I guess, between that you know two, three, four, or five range there in Class A to to see who can challenge Gretna there. You never know once it gets to the state tournament. Anything can happen. All bets are off. But when we refocus here on the city, and we got a couple teams who are on a roll right now. Lincoln East, they've won five straight heading into the postseason. And Southeast, they've won seven straight. So two teams who are performing their best in the most important time of the year. Yeah, and Southwest, they'd be on they'd be on the winning streak if it wasn't for uh, that, that Southeast game as well. So Would have been a long winning streak. Yeah, all, all those teams really there um, in the mix, you know, will – We'll get to the district pairings here at, at the end of the episode. Glad that we have those and we can break them down for you. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're looking at those three city teams. Got just as good of a chance of anybody of making it there to the state tournament. Uh, you know, they've, they've paid their dues over the course of the regular season, picked up some big wins. And, obviously, when you get to this point in the year and, you know, your record's like 12-1 and 1, like it is for Southeast, 11-2 and 2, uh, for Southwest, and 11-2 and 2 for East, I mean – those those wins don't come easy, you know. They're they're there for a reason. Uh, you know, they they had what it takes to get it done against all these different opponents, and just need a couple more wins there in the district round to keep it going. 
Southwest didn't lose to Southeast, that would have been a nine-game winning streak. And I mean, the top three teams in the city, Luke, are good. And you just mentioned a couple of records: Lincoln East, eleven and two. Um, you have uh, Lincoln Pius, who's nine and four. Southeast, twelve and one. Southwest, eleven and two. So four of the six uh, LPS schools are they're really good. <laughs> they're really good. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean those those teams they've kind of been. I guess you know, like beating each other up all season. I mean, those have those have been really the kind of the the tough matches that you know they've had that they've had to look forward to. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how many progress out of that district round and and make it all the way to state. Out of all those teams we just mentioned, at least one loss has come against those other Lincoln schools. Interesting fact there. Uh, but Luke, let's take a quick look at Class B. Number one, Norris gets a couple good tests at the end of the year. Take a 1-0 win over number 5, Lincoln Lutheran Raymond Central, and a 3-0 win over Elkhorn North, who's rated number 6. Yeah, you know, we we spoke about that that Lutheran game being a big test, um, you know, for the Warriors in particular, you know, going up against number 1 team, hasn't really been uh, tested as much versus Class B all season. And, man, they they did a great job. I mean, that 1-0 scoreline, obviously, I mean, a, a couple breaks go your way. You know, it could end up 1-0 the other way, could take it all the way to the shootout. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. So they did a great job defending against Norris. And, you know, they, they come back with that 3-0 win over Elkhorn North. I mean, that's another really good team. Yeah. And, you know, they put three past them. So that one goal in particular, I mean, that is a very good result, uh, something they can definitely build off here moving into the postseason. And then there's one team in Class B. We've talked about the Scuts. We've talked about Lincoln Lutheran, Elkhorn Norths. One team we haven't mentioned yet, Luke, is that of Columbus Scotus. They started the year one and two, and they've won eleven straight, twelve straight, excuse me, or no, eleven straight matches. Yeah, and pretty similar to Gretna, only uh, three goals conceded uh, since those two losses. Several, um, you know, goalless uh, opponents frustrated going up against Scotus in the last couple of weeks, and you know, that, that's a program with a lot of soccer talent. You know, great soccer tradition out there in Columbus, and you know they they've got a good group in this year. Um, you know, talented, hungry, ready to to make their mark at the postseason. It'll be very interesting because, you know, they got a chance to see a couple teams kind of from, you know, the Omaha metro area. They they saw Elkhorn, Blair, Omaha Concordia earlier in the year. But since then, you know, it really has been teams a little bit closer to home. You know, once you get to state, you're really getting a, a mix there in, in Class B, Lincoln, Omaha, everywhere in between. So it'll be interesting to see how they stack up there. Yeah, they have just dominated, especially in the last five games where, uh, let me take a quick peek here, 26-34. They have a 34-0 scoring differential in these last five games. Not bad. Shutting them out each time, including 18 goals in the last two. Just unreal. Padding the stats, they are. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Luke. This is giving me fascinating to see because we always talked about how some of these and Columbus isn't western by any means but they haven't played the teams in the Lincoln Omaha area so I'm really fascinated to see how that uh, dynamic works when it gets to districts and then eventually state if they make it there definitely uh well let's go to the boys side then in class a uh fresh off its big win over Gretna number one Creighton Prep put together another solid win two to one over Omaha West Side a big rival yeah, and that was uh, the the annual kind of kicks for a cure game that they played down there at Morrison. Um, you know, a, a great event every year. Westside, you know, they're they're usually the opponent there. Uh, they do a great job as well. And that was an interesting one for Prep because I'm pretty sure they got up 2-0 in the first like 10 to 15 minutes of the match, and then you know sat deep and and Westside they got a goal. You know, they they came charging back. They put the pressure on them. But I mean, it, it, if you want to talk about preparation for a uh, a state tournament match. I mean, they were there at Morrison. They were defending for their lives for for pretty much the entire second half. That's uh sounds pretty much like a state tournament match there to me. And then when you speak of the Dragons as well, they ended the season on a tear, beating number five Westside, number eight Elkhorn South, number three Papio South, and then number six Omaha South. Gretna strengthening its resume as it heads into postseason play. No, oh, definitely. I mean that that's just a brutal, brutal yeah, stretch. I mean tough. I. Did, I don't think I don't think we'd be able to you know sit here and and speak too badly about them if they dropped you know even just one of those games to to any of those teams you'd say oh you know just just one loss before the postseason they'll come back from it but I mean picking up those wins in succession I mean that is another postseason primer right there all all four of those teams are going to be in contention there for a, a state tournament berth 
they're going to expect to be there. So Gretna, you know, prep looking looking really strong there as that number one and number two uh, there in Class A. In another interesting storyline, Luke, that I want to address for a second is that of Omaha South. They've started the year five and zero, oh, and they've gone two and six since. Um, and part of that is the schedule. As we look at it, they placed Creighton Prep twice, West Side, Miller North, and Gretna. So just a brutal schedule. But I don't know if we've seen the Packers struggle this much in years. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's there's been some ups and downs. Obviously, you get those those great senior classes in, and you know they graduate. You've got rebuilding to do, but. I mean that's a that's a program that number one, number two. I mean, yeah. forget about in contention to make state. I mean that's that's really the expectation there. Uh, so obviously we'll we'll get to the the district breakdown in a little bit, but it's not an easy path for Omaha South. These these losses the last couple of weeks have have made sure that uh, that they're they're going to have to win some difficult games to to get back to state. If they don't make state, I would want to know the stat the last time a defending champ didn't go back to the state tournament. Because in especially Class A boys soccer, when it's just dynasties after dynasties, it's like it's hard to find a defending champ not make it back to Morrison. So if that happens, again, I'm not going to count Omaha South because it's Omaha South. But it would be interesting to find out. Uh, But let's go back down to uh, Class uh, B. Or actually, before that, let's talk about the city. Lincoln Southwest, Southeast, two nothing upset over Southwest in a big rivalry there, and Luke, that's a that's a big result. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's a a Southeast team. They beat East earlier in the year too. Um, you know, only loss in the city there to Northeast. Also beat North Star, Pius, and Lincoln High. Uh, so I I think I might be crowning them city champs there. I don't know <laughs> if anybody's given them the official title yet, but I mean, wins over arguably you know the the two other best teams in the city. Um, and and sweeping their way through a lot of those other opponents as well. I mean that's a that's a huge win. That that Southwest team uh, hadn't been shut out in in quite a long time. Not not this season. I can't remember if it happened last season at all either. Um, so you know sh- getting them shut out. You know the the defensive strength that it took to get that done. I mean that's just huge for for Southeast going into these next couple of weeks. Yeah, only one loss to a city team, and that was Lincoln Northeast, two to nothing. Uh, but then, Luke, let's go down to Class B, where number four Waverly finally got its big test against number one Bennington, but they came up short, six to one win for the Badgers. Yeah, we we kind of been pumping the brakes a little bit. You know, Waverly they were undefeated, but um, still kind of lacking that signature win. You know, this is their big chance. Bennington they've been up there all year, kind of at the top of Class B. I didn't get the chance to play in the EMC due to some upsets. Well, they they get the match a couple weeks later, and you know Bennington just shows how lethal it is uh, in front of goal. I mean six six one. That's a a pretty flattering scoreline. I'm sure it was probably a little bit closer, um, you know, in reality than that. Waverly having a great year, so that'll be a big one for them to kind of process. You know, take take the lessons that you need from it because they might end up you know seeing a team like like Bennington again here in the next couple weeks. And then when you talk about the contenders against Bennington, you have Lexington, who's always been competitive in that Class B field. They started the year 0-2, losing to Papio South and Omaha Westside. They've lost, they won their last 14, Luke, including a win over Omaha Scott 2 to nothing. They've really been impressive. It's a great program. They've been really good for a long time. Uh, lost in the state title game a year ago, and it looks like they may be pushing for that again. Yeah, if, if we had a our soccer writer Brent Wagner in here, I'm pretty sure he's been he's been very high on them all year. <laughs> I think he had him at the the top there in his preseason ratings as well. So I'm sure he'd be he'd be saying, "Oh, I saw this coming." <laughs> you know, th- those first two win, those first two losses. You know, we we throw them out. They're uh, they're having a great year, and man, I mean, just looking at that that run that they've been on, I mean the the confidence. You know, it it just compounds over all of those different wins. And they are definitely going to be a team. Districts or state, you see them, and you're going to be scared matching up against them. And just playing at – being from Carney, Lexington and Carney always had a big rivalry in boys' soccer. Yeah. And going to play at Lexington is one of the most intimidating atmospheres in high school soccer. Um, so just I thought I'd throw that out there. They're a really good program, um, and I think I'll be cheering for them uh, once they get in that class B field. Uh, but uh, otherwise, that's been the scene around boys' soccer. And, Luke, let's transition over to baseball and your beat. Um, that carousel of number one teams in yep. Class A continues to roll. Millard West back at number one, wins over Gretna, Elkhorn South, Omaha Westside, and Bellevue West. 
very four very solid wins. Yeah, and it's it's really getting to this point in the year. Um, I've I felt all season that Millard West probably has the most talented pitching staff. You know, I I don't know. It's hard to to say who has the deepest staff because we don't always get you know the chance to see that over the the course of of a couple weeks or whatever. Uh, but definitely the the pitching talent that Millard West has right now um, is just helping them pick up these huge wins. I mean, Gretna, Elkhorn South, those are two teams that have some of the best hitters in the whole state, uh, and they did a great job keeping them in check uh, to win that weekend invite. And really, really, when you look at that Millard West team, I mean, they're they are solid on offense too. They do a great job executing fundamentally. And you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about you know the one, two, three. Um, you know, setup that we have going on up there. I think any of those top three teams could win. But for my money, I think that Millard West team is is the favorite right now. Of course, in a week, you know, it might yeah. <laughs> it might flip flop the other way. But the the pitching that they have is just second to none. And then right behind them, you have number two Millard South, who beat number four Lincoln East fourteen to ten over the weekend. East going on a little bit of a skid, but I mean, when you play all those top five teams, it's hard not to lose some of them. Yeah, the the thing about East is they might not have I think like the best the best wins in Class A, but they don't have any like bad losses. No. They've they beat who they needed to. They've been competitive um, against top ten teams. You know, lose a couple here and there. And in particular, this was a, a Saturday game. We saw this all over Lincoln, Omaha, anywhere um, that baseball was being played on Saturday. The score lines were ridiculous. I mean. The wind was gusting. A lot of these ballparks, if it was blowing out, I mean, there were four home runs or five home runs, actually, one inside the park uh, that I saw in that game between South and East. So I think Pius, Southeast, they both put up like 15, 16 oh. runs. So it was a day for crazy score lines. And definitely, you know, that was a, a deserved win for Millard South, but one that I think East can definitely learn from. They were close, uh, just a couple more, you know, better execution, couple uh, stronger innings, and it could have gone the other way. Well, you're at this game then yesterday, and that was number three Creighton Prep demolished number seven Southwest fifteen zero Southwest on a skid, losing their last five out of six. Yep, and uh, this is my first time seeing Prep all year. I was was pretty excited to see because you know I was just looking at their stats and looking at their roster, I was like, you know, this is a team, you know, number one hitter versus number nine in the lineup. I mean, they all hit at a pretty similar rate. They all have a you know a, the ability to go extra bases, um, a couple different sluggers there throughout the lineup, and they definitely showed that off uh, against Southwest. I mean, everybody in the lineup got a hit, a lot of singles, a lot of team baseball. Really, what you expect from a, a well-coached team, and obviously they are with uh, with Coach Pat Mooney, winning his coach in in state history, 515 or, or 16, I believe, and counting now um, in in terms of the win. So. Yeah, I, I look at that Millard West, Millard South prep, and then obviously I got to throw East in the mix too. But really, those top three—I mean, those are programs with a lot of pedigree. Uh, they they know what it takes to get it done. Those coaches have a lot of experience, so those are kind of the favorites right now. And just to touch on that Southwest result too, I mean, you look at the losses, and it's it's been tough. I mean, I I won't lie for their perspective, it's been a rough couple weeks. But all of those top five teams, Class A or Class B, so. Not bad losses, just the case of teams that are a little bit better, yep. you know, getting it done. You know, that, that'll that wear down on you a little bit, but I have no doubt they'll be able to bounce back here soon. Well, not only do we have the top five in a little carousel, also top ten. Omaha yep. Westside and Bellevue West, they're back in the top ten after several weeks out. Then other teams who have been in the rankings, Fremont, Gretna, Papio South, they're all out. So everything is just switching in and out here, Luke. Yeah, and obviously the the district scene will completely change that as well. I mean, it'll be really difficult. I feel like always always in baseball there's some two or three seed uh, in districts that, you know, maybe, maybe only gets one upset, maybe two upsets. You don't know what's going to happen. But, I mean, Westside and Bellevue West, two two programs with great tradition. Uh, Bellevue West was there in the, the state semifinals um, last season, but they both, they both had a lot, a lot of talent to – uh, replace a lot of new players coming up and and learning the ropes and obviously the the start of the year I think Bellevue West was a little bit uh, they they picked up a lot of losses and Westside you know they were a little bit more in the mix um, just kind of dropped out a couple rough weekends but you know, they they're picking it back up right now they got great pitching uh, pitching talent particularly I've been impressed a lot of those Bellevue West pitchers and 
And, you know, you look at those teams that dropped out. I mean, Fremont, they were at state last year. Papio South as well. Gretna has been close. And they're they're right there in the mix, too. Just had a, a couple rough results. Um, it kind of snowballs on you. But think about baseball. Every day is a, a new game. You can always just come back and, and have a a new light on on what you're looking at and so they'll be in the mix for sure well a new season begins next week with district play so chance for teams to bounce back there uh but in class be a little bit calmer in terms of uh the ratings uh omas gut norris stay at the top bennington goes back to number three after beating elkhorn north and elkhorn south but then you have defending champion beatrice they drop a couple spots after losses to malcolm and platteview yeah, it's been it's been interesting there in the top five. Uh, obviously, Scott and Norris they've been there all all year. Um, don't really anticipate that changing here anytime soon. But Bennington they've been up and down. They've had the quality. Um, I th- I thought at the start of the year they might be able to to really challenge Norris uh, there at the top or or either of those teams. And so they they definitely showed it last week. The interesting thing for Beatrice with me is last year was really their pitching that led them all the way to a state championship. Uh, just a, a great pitching staff. They they got it done in the, some of those low-scoring games when they needed to. Well, this year, Tucker Timmerman, he's been their ace. He's been one of the best best players in the whole state, two-way. He gets it done at the plate, too. But really, it's been their offense that has kind of been the key. Uh, so you get a couple of those off offensive nights, and, and there you go, a couple losses to Malcolm and Platteview. Team's kind of on the edge of, of state tournament contention. So different formula for Beatrice this year. Very dangerous at the plate, but... Sometimes it's not your night hitting, and, and that's what it takes to pick up a loss. Yeah, most certainly. And speaking of losses, unfortunately, we had our last undefeated yep. season bid come to an end. Central City, Fullerton, Centura falls to Platte Valley, ending its unbeaten team. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much impossible to go unbeaten in Class A. Um, you know, in, in Class B, obviously, I think it's a, a little bit easier. But, I mean, you look at the elite teams like Scott and Norris, and, I mean, they— they play plenty of Class A teams as well, so pretty much for me, it's a, it's a write off that anybody could go unbeaten for more than you know a month, a month and a half. And obviously, Central City they did a great job, uh, play a lot of schools in their area, and you know not not a whole ton of top ten teams out there. Uh, they picked up a couple wins, beat Malcolm uh, a week or two ago. So really, this this back half of their schedule has been really strong. I I do think they're they're probably one of the most talented teams in Class B. No doubt they'll be able to contend at the state tournament as well. But Platte Valley, that's another team that's looking to make state. Got a Husker recruit, Hayden Lewis, there on the roster. Their their star player, a couple other great teams. That's a co-op of Ashland, Greenwood, and UTAN, by the way, the name Platte Valley. Um, so they're they're in the mix there. They've been a top-10 team for much of the year. So pretty close result for them. I think they played twice, and, and Central City won the other one. So. Just uh, you know, small margins in baseball, and boom, there goes the yeah. undefeated year. <laughs> well, I'll give a quick shout out to Central City's uh, baseball field. Have you ever been? No, I haven't. It's actually pretty nice. The stands behind home plate are all uh, covered. There's a mini press box, um, just with a few seats. It's really nice, actually, considering the size of Central City. So, quick shout. I played there a couple times. Okay, back yeah. in high school. So, quick shout out to them over in Central City. Uh, but let's go over to track and field, Luke. On Wednesday, had the LPS Championships uh, here in Lincoln. And, uh, of course, it was DeHaz DeFrond, uh, who's committed to Florida State. She had a historic day, uh, won the 200-meter dash, but she did it in 23.84 seconds, the fastest ever time in state history. And what's crazy to me is you don't see this with any other sport, but the weather conditions impact the the historic nature of these uh these track events so fastest time in state history but it won't go on the record books because of the wind on the day i don't know exactly what the the threshold is for that for I'm, i assume it has to do with the direction the wind's blowing the direction you're running i mean i don't there's a lot of different variables here that that we don't see with other sports so we'll see if she's able to to do that at districts or state in in different weather conditions but I mean, forget about the wind. I mean, she's flying out there. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, <laughs> that was pretty crazy, and, and congrats to her for, for picking up that time. I wish you would have ran in a track meet two weeks ago on that Tuesday when we had those thunderstorms rolling. It was yeah. just windy all day. <laughs> I would have right. liked to see her times uh, running in that. 
yeah, these uh, 40 mile an hour gusts just <laughs> pushing her down the track. Yeah, no, that'd be crazy. Uh, Lincoln East Malachi Coleman won 100 and 200 meter dashes um, as Oklahoma football scouts are in attendance. And he also received an offer from Penn State this week as well, right, Luke? Yep, indeed. It's been a, it's been a never ending, I think, uh, push on the recruiting trail for, for Malachi. I mean, really looking looking in terms of his track season, I mean, he he flies out there. He's He's got to be one of the top contenders there for, for state championships there in the 100 and 200 meter dash, super fast, um, you know, with great strides at his length too. But in terms of the football scouting aspect, I mean, these teams, you know, they come up and they see that elite speed out there on the track and they're going, wow, we could use that on the field too. Um, it's been it's been crazy. I think really any Power Five program. I mean, he's a, he's a top 150 recruit nationally. Uh, pretty much any Power Five program that's looking for a guy who can impact as an athlete, defensive end or wide receiver. They're definitely looking at him right now. And I mean, it's it, it's no surprise, obviously, that some of the big offers we mentioned in in past weeks have been rolling in. And Luke, these big offers are coming even before like the summer football scene. Yeah, like he's doing track. He's not doing anything with football. Well, getting... he is. He is actually though. Here, okay. The interesting thing is he does seven seven v seven. Okay, that's going on yeah. right now as well. Okay. Yeah. So okay, I mean, it, it was bigger obviously um, over the winter, and I mean he's playing basketball too. He had to yeah. to kind of come back to full strength too. So he's been a he's been a busy guy, and I think I think teams notice that too. Really hardworking. Um, one of those different aspects that they're looking for. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being top seventy five recruit by the end of yeah summer. it's, it's definitely not possible yeah when those when those recruiting uh rankings update i mean obviously you you look at some of his offers i mean you know georgia michigan oklahoma i mean these teams you know they, they offer four stars too he's a four star but it, there, there's definitely potential to be a high high level four star because these recruiting rankings you know sometimes a lot of it depends on what schools are looking at you yeah. versus you know what what the recruiting service has you at so they're they're going to take notice of that. Uh, well, his teammate uh, Lincoln East Sam Campos uh, Capos set a meet record with a sixty-two foot five inch throw in the shot put while also winning the discus event. So impressive uh, day for Sam. Yeah, he's having a great year. Going to be a Division One track athlete as well. So he's uh, he, he's got to be the favorite for those events. Um, definitely coming out of here at Lincoln. I'm sure there'll be uh, some strong contention for him there at state, but. I mean, man, those are those are some monster throws that he had there and shot put in discus. And he, he's really dedicated to his craft. I know he's been working on it for, for several months now, so good on him for, for having that work pay off. Um, and then in terms of the team race, Lincoln Southwest won the girls' team title. They've been really impressive this year, uh, 228 points, while Lincoln East won the boys' side with 194 points. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of great runners on both those teams. I know Southwest, they I think they won the hurdle, won the relays. Um, you know, the, obviously those add up. I think East won, won a relay or two as well. Um, so a, a great day for, for track out there. You know, we mentioned in the weather and i mean it was it was pretty beautiful out there at those lps championships one of the first days all year you didn't have to worry about freezing there if you're a spectator in the stands yep there you go and hopefully don't freeze next week when yeah. there's rain i hope it doesn't rain too much it'd be really disappointing because we have postseason spring sports next week district baseball and soccer and we will take a short break and come back and talk about those breaking down every district and what you can expect from postseason sports next week you're listening to the prep extra podcast presented by the lincoln journal star district breakdown after this we'll be right back Podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. Jeff Ekstrom alongside Luke Mullen. And Luke, it, spring season is always the most jam packed. Uh, and we are finally at districts, uh, if you could believe it. And what, let's start breaking down right now. Uh, we're going to start in soccer on the girls' side in Class A. We'll start in the A1 district, and as much um, as uh, Gretna has been dominant this season, they are not the number one seed. That's Omaha Marin. Yeah, it's always interesting. I mean, we have our ratings, and I think they do a pretty good job of 
of telling the quality of these teams. But wild card points, they they tell a different story too. Uh, you know, they they tell your overall strength of schedule. Um, you know, some of these other teams that you play. You know, you pick up a couple points here and there, and it it makes a big difference at the end of the year. So Marion, you know, two losses versus the undefeated Gretna. Well, strength of schedule, maybe a little bit more, and and Marion gets that top seed. Uh, going to be interesting to see those teams in its district. I mean, you have Miller North who made a great surprise run last year. Um, had a little bit differ, difficult difficult uh, run of things this year. Uh, five and eight record on the year so far, and also Fremont seven and six. Who the interesting thing about Fremont is all their losses have, have really been to top ten teams. Uh, you know they've been close, they've been competitive in their other matches, so they'll they'll be a, a difficult one as well. But I I do see a pretty good path for Marion there. Yeah, and then of course in the A two district is Gretna. I mean, I don't expect anyone to challenge yeah. out there. Yeah, we we apologize to all you other teams in the in the H two district for for not believing in you. But this Gretna team, they've been on a a different level all year, and it's hard to imagine anything will change until maybe even state. Uh, in the A3 district, Lincoln Southeast is the top city school. They get the third overall seed, and they will face the winner of North Platte and Millard South. And, I mean, that's that's a crazy good accomplishment for Southeast. I mean, at, at the beginning of the year, it would have been pretty difficult, I imagine, to sell that, that you'd be number three in the wildcard point standings, being positioned to host a district, um, you know, win, win the city title on the girls' side, too. I mean, it has been one heck of a year for Southeast. And the interesting thing, North Platte, one of their potential opponents there, first game of the year, a 2-1 Southeast win in overtime. So they, they pretty much pushed them the distance in that one. Uh, Millard South, they've been tough too, 7-8 and eight record on the year. So it'll be interesting. It'll be a tough route for, for Southeast. But hosting that district, they've earned it, and hopefully that, that might give them a little bit of an advantage in that one. Well, their fellow city school, Lincoln Southwest, is the number one seed in the A4 district. They will face the winner of Omaha South and Papio South in A4. Yep, and, you know, on the on the girls' side of things, too, Omaha South, they've had a rough uh, last couple of weeks, one in five, uh, one in four, sorry, in their last five matches. Um, but, but still, you know, some potential there. They've got a, a lot of talent in that team. Papio South, a little bit of a losing skid as well. Neither of those teams... Um, any matchups there uh, against the Lincoln area, pretty much playing only the Metro. So a little bit difficult to say how they're going to stack up. But, you know, Southwest, you know, they, they've got the pedigree. They've got the, the belief, the talent in that team. And I think they'll be able to get it done. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Lincoln East follows that in the A5 district as the number one C. But Lil' Sit for Tess, they face a 10-4 and Columbus squad if both of those teams win in their first round. And that's tough. They've played these schools really close. Lincoln East barely beat the Discoverers 2-1 to one earlier this month. Yep, and, I mean, you look at Columbus's losses, lost to Southeast, East, and Southwest, and then a 1-0 loss to Bennington as well. And, I mean, those, are, those aren't those are that bad. You know, we, we mentioned SCOTUS earlier, and Columbus beat them 2-1 uh, there early, one of those early losses for them as well. Uh, picked up a nice win over North Platte, you know, the team we were just talking about as well. So, that's a Columbus team. You know, they, they've been a little up and down. They had that skid um, that included that, that loss to East. But 2-1, obviously a fine margin. Going to be a, a difficult match there for the Spartans if that, that comes together. And then, of course, we get to the fun districts uh, in A6 and 7. We'll start in A6. Uh, we have potential Elkhorn South, Omaha Westside final. But you have Carney in there who's 10-4. and four. You got Norfolk who's always somewhat of a challenge. So that's a good district. Definitely, and I, I think if we if we do get that Elkhorn Southwest side, that'll be an interesting one. It'll be round three for the year between those two teams. First one, Elkhorn South wins 2-0. Second one, Westside wins 2-0. So what are we saying? 2-2 tie, 2-0 <laughs> one way? You know, it's uh, difficult to say where that's going to lead us. But those teams, they've been close all year. And, yeah, definitely uh, one of those stacked districts that you're feeling pretty rough about <laughs> playing in. Um, and then lastly, to round out everything in the A7, Millard West is the top seed. They will face Lincoln High in the opening round. And on the other side, you have Bellevue West and Lincoln Pius X, which should be interesting. Definitely. I mean, Pius, you know, they, they picked up some big wins, kind of flew under the radar a little bit, you know, in comparison to those top city teams. But they, they played they played them close. I mean, two, three losses to, to Southwest and East. And Marion was a 4-2 loss in overtime as well. So they've been right there. They've been super close in terms of quality. 
Um, that's going to be a really tough Millard West team to get past um, if that's the final matchup. But to me, that that matchup might be the best of the district round, a pious Millard West, um, totally a state tournament play-in in that one. Should be fun districts on the girls' side next week. And, Luke, let's uh, shift over to boys in the A1. Gretna nabs the top seed. Uh, it's, you're the Dragons, like we like we said. <laughs> uh, Miller North and Lincoln High are number two and three. Yeah, obviously you get that top seed, and you know they're they're there for a reason. You're going to have a, a lot of confidence in them to to get out of that one. And they did play Miller North earlier this year, went all the way to overtime, but two zero lost there for Miller North in overtime. Uh, so they you know they pushed them for the full ninety, had to to go to the extra period. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting one to see if you know they could potentially come out and you know fire them up a little bit. You know Lincoln High nine and five record on the year. Uh, maybe not that that signature win. They did beat Brian a little bit earlier in the year for a, for a big top ten win. But other than that, you know, it's those are two good teams, and you know, Gretna's the favorite. But obviously, I think both of those teams they've they've got a chance. Um, you know, depending on who makes it out of that other half of the bracket. Tough uh, matchups in the next district in A two. Creighton Prep is the host, uh, and you got Elkhorn South, Pius X, and Grand Island all in that. Uh, but again, Creighton Prep really good. Gonna be tough for any of those teams to get past. Yeah, I, I I don't necessarily see it happening. I mean, Elkhorn South had a great start to the year. Uh, been been two and uh, two and four in their last six games. Um, so a little bit of a skid. And what's interesting, as we're recording this, Elkhorn South will be playing Prep today final regular season matchup of the year so could be a, a quick turnaround yeah. there for for a district tournament game once again um and then at a3 that's when we get some interesting things here papio south and omaha south uh is the potential final matchup and luke we've already talked about this is omaha south gonna miss out in the state tournament after winning it last year it would be crazy and you know just going off as we mentioned the wild card points are a lot different than our ratings well and in our last ratings from uh, from our Brent Wagner, he had Papio South number three, Omaha South number six, and Packers have had a couple losses since then, so they might be a couple places lower in the ratings. But I mean, really, you're looking at you know two of the top eight, you know uh, two of those really top teams, and and only one of them is going to make it out. Um, obviously, we we do have a wild card berth available of these you know seven Class A districts. Worth mentioning that there will be that one wild card. Uh, spot so Papio South they'd be the team in position if Omaha South could could knock them off there but man I mean you look at that Papio South and losses to Scott two to Gretna and one to Omaha Bryan they've been just as good as those teams at the top of Class A and and have to imagine that they're going to show that off in the districts as well you would if they faced Omaha South be the first matchup of the season between the two and don't forget Papio South are the Metro champs they beat Creighton Prep in that final two to one so. Yeah, it's going to be tough sledding for Omaha South, but never count out the Packers, so we will see. In the A4 district, Lincoln Southwest is the top city team. They'll be hosting their own uh, with Columbus, again, a number two seed. Yep, and Southwest, I mean, we, we had him as one of those favorites uh, at the start of the year, uh, beat Columbus 1-0 there at the end of March. And Columbus, other losses, Lincoln East 4-3 in a shootout, Omaha Burke and Kearney in overtime. Um, so, you know, that was obviously a, a close meeting, their first time playing. We mentioned there's a lot of talent out of, out there in Columbus. Um, I, I do think Southwest, they they have the experience. You know, some of those players weren't obviously playing last year, but, you know, I, I hope that they learned from those guys in front of them um, enough to get it done. So that'll, be a, that'll definitely be a good matchup, good test for them there. And then these last three are pretty good as well, Luke. In A5, Lincoln East, they will host their own district with Lincoln Northeast and Miller South as the 2-3. And Northeast East could be interesting. I've been impressed by Northeast. They've had their best season in a decade. Uh, They're big. They're physical. They're athletic. Um, Obviously, they've dropped some matches. But, I mean, if they get to the final against East... City matchup rivalry, anything can happen. No, I I totally agree with you, and I think they've they've had to battle a couple injuries too, I believe, um, to some of their different players. So Northeast having a great year, um, you know they they they've picked up a, a a big win over Southeast earlier in the year. That was a two zero win beat Pius as well. So yeah, you know they've they've shown that ability to to show out against these top top city teams. Um, you know East they've been strong this year, picked up a lot of great wins, um, but. But that that will definitely be a difficult one, depending on who makes it out. 
Uh, Lincoln Northeast Phillip Yap, first-year head coach, came over from North Star after being assistant there, and Waverly has done a good job uh, with the Rockets. Uh, and then you go to the A6. Uh, Omaha Westside is the top seed there, and they have a potential matchup with Carney in that district final. And the Bearcats, they're 10-4. and four. They're no slouch. Yeah, Westside, they, they've definitely uh, paid their dues, I think, you know, with that heavy Metro Conference schedule. Um, probably could be a little bit higher than that A6 um, district pairing if if they had won a couple of those big top 10 matchups. So they might be kicking themselves, to be honest. I mean, that is a, a really good Carney team. Losses to Pius, Papio South, Southwest, and East on the year. And what's, what's interesting is three of those four losses, they were shut out in. Um, all the other games, they, they've done a great job of scoring goals. So if they can just get the ball rolling, get some of those chances early, uh, that could be a big chance for an upset there in, in A6. And I would say that even that season opener loss, uh, that was a tough one for them because Pius beat them 3 nothing or 3-2, and Pius had to score three goals in the final five minutes. Wow, to beat yeah. Them there, so. uh, but no, Cardi Westside could be a very, very fun district final. And to round things out in the A7, Omaha Bryan, who I think has been kind of the Cinderella of this boys' soccer season so far, they will host that A7 district, Lincoln Southeast, who's been very, very good. They're the number two seed. Yeah, Bryan really started to, I think, believe in themselves the last couple of weeks. They beat Prep. Um, really done a great job against uh, a lot of these other metro teams, and they're getting they're getting an opponent in Southeast that's really been tested here in the city um, and around against some of those Harland Athletic Conference opponents. But it's interesting looking at that Southeast schedule. Only one metro conference team, Millard South, was a one-three loss. Um, so going to be interesting. Obviously, you know we we get the chance to debate between some of these conferences. You know who's stronger in a given year, and Metro looks really good this year. Brian, they've they've battled through it. They've uh, picked up some big wins when it mattered most. So that'll be interesting to see in, in terms of the conference uh, standings there. Well, those are your Class A districts. Uh, we won't break down Class B because they are actually in the sub-district round. Um, so all of those uh, Class B teams uh, will have a most likely shot to have a good uh, spot in state. Yeah, to me that that's always you know doesn't matter on on the sport. Usually, Class B um, in terms of the sub districts and then the district finals, just because I mean the the amount of teams that they have, it does a really good job of of not making sure that you know these these big any big upsets that happen in sub districts. Yes, you know the, those teams they'll get a chance to play for a district final, but it, it, if you're top eight in wild card points right now, you're feeling pretty good. Uh, you're pretty much got your spot locked up. Uh, then let's move on down to baseball, Luke. Uh, Class A still has a little bit of time left, but uh, we do have some unofficial district pairings for Class B. So let's take a look at those. We'll take a, we'll start in B1. Again, uh, for districts in baseball, these are uh, district tournaments with anywhere from six to seven teams in there. And in B1, uh, Norris is the top seed, followed by Adam Central, Lincoln Christian, Arlington, Blair, Fall City, and South Sioux City. Yeah, these are these are unofficial pairings just because uh, haven't been released by the NSA publicly. Um, but I think I did the math right. I went through all the wild card points and and totaled them up. So if anything's wrong, it's me. Yell at me. You know, send me send me your emails. But uh, definitely, yeah, that that B one Adam Central. They've had a a, a great last couple of weeks. Really kind of surprised me. Uh, picked up some big wins. Lincoln Christian, shout out to them. Second. Second year as a varsity team, going to be their last year in Class B uh, with, with the addition of Class C baseball next year. They'll definitely be in there in terms of a low enrollment. So I expect them to you know maybe be contending for that, that Class C state championship next year. Well, this is their chance to, to play against some of the big boys, and that's definitely a big boy right there in Norris. And just for clarification about Class A, they their regular season doesn't end until that May 3rd or 4th, so they will have some extra time. Uh, but then in uh, the B2 district, the number one top seed is Omaha Scott, followed by Waverly, Nebraska City, Plattsmouth, Crete, D.C. West, and Twin River. Yeah, I think Scott, Scott to me is definitely making it out of this one, but I will not count out Waverly there. They play such a difficult um, Class A schedule that I, I feel like they always get hosed in terms of these uh, – District pairings, their wild card points are always a lot lower because they picked up a lot of those losses throughout the year. But that is a very good team, um, ha- have beaten a lot of good Class B and a couple of Class A opponents. So all it takes is one game, and they could be there celebrating over Scott. Also worth noting in, in 
Class A and Class B baseball, six districts, so we get two wild cards um, out of this this setup. So Waverly wins, and Scott would definitely be one of those wild cards. Uh, then in the B3 district, uh, Central City uh, is that top seed, uh, followed by Elkhorn, Platteview, Hastings, Raymond Central, St. Paul slash Palmer, and Thurston coming County. Yeah, Central City getting a chance to see uh, a couple of pretty historic programs there. Elkhorn and Hastings um, have had a great run in the last decade or so. And for me, seeing Elkhorn up here as a number two seed, I mean, a month ago, I wouldn't have thought it was going to happen. I mean, they were... I think like one and eight to start the year. It was it was looking brutal for them, but really started picking it up against a lot of these Class B teams, and you know that that talent has just come together. So that'll be a, a tough test for Central City there. I do think that that Central City will get it done. Just a, a great talent level. They've got the pitching. They've got a lot of great hitters in the middle of their order. Uh, Kale Jensen, Carter Noakes are, are two of those top guys there uh, for the Colonels. One of the best. Nicknames in the state too, so I think they'll 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 be able to get it done and get back to state here. In B four, the top seed is Elkhorn North, followed by Malcolm, Wahoo, Concordia, Auburn, and then Fort Calhoun. And Luke, you've had a you've had a pretty good understanding of this district. You've seen a lot of these teams. How's that looking? Definitely. I mean, Elkhorn North hosting a district. Um, it's that that's obviously a, a school district with Elkhorn, Elkhorn South. They have a ton of baseball talent. I was thinking, you know, that they're really going to come along last year um, and underperformed quite a lot. Well, this year they've been right at the top. They've been a, a top five team, no doubt about it. Um, they're they're baseball got a couple of stud pitchers, uh, do a great job hitting throughout the lineup. Um, so to me, they're they're going to be a sleeper team there for state. Um, I, I do think they'll make it and could definitely make some noise there. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to count out either these these two or three seeds. Malcolm got the chance to see them the other day, and they have a lot of hitting talent too. Might not have the same pitching depth, though, I think that Elkhorn North has. And I've also seen that Wahoo, uh, Bishop Newman, Lincoln Lutheran team as well. Pretty similar thing going on on their day. I think they can, you know, they can put up the runs. But these district tournaments, they really stretch out your pitching staff, um, potentially up to three games there in, in a couple days. So that's a challenge there for some of those lower seeds. And then when we get to the B5, that's when things get uh, pretty rough in these districts, Luke. Top seed yep. is Bennington, followed by Omaha Gross, Mount Michael, Omaha Rincali, Maxwell slash St. Pat's, and Fairbury. Yeah, this one this one is really tough um, in my eyes. I mean, we're having a few of these teams that I've had ranked there for, for a lot of the season. I mean, Bennington, they've been a top five. I got them number three this week. Gross has been up there at number six. Um, I have at number eight in my most recent rankings. And Mount Michael really kind of been a, a tough fall. I think they started off the year about 10-1. and one. Uh, We're just hitting the cover off the ball, and I had them up there in the top five. But really, they, they've been on a rough uh, rough skid since. I think they lost eight of their last 10 or something like that. And that dropped them all the way down to number three seed. And Ron Colley, I mean, that's a historic program there too. Haven't really picked up a lot of wins this year. They've They've been more on the losing side of things. But... Really looking at the top three, I mean, those are three top ten teams on their day. Um, I got to give the edge to Bennington, but really, I mean, Mount Michael, Luke Broderick, I think is one of the best players in Class B. If he's up there on the mound, um, he's, he's one of the state leaders in home runs. So he's going to be a huge, huge boost to their chance. And Omaha Gross got a shout-out. Their catcher, Connor Capice, uh, just committed to Creighton. So D1 commit, got a lot of JUCO guys on that team, and just looking at that top three, it's going to be brutal to get out of there. Uh, pretty pretty nice for those top four, though, all in kind of the, the Omaha metro area. Yeah. Won't have to travel too far. Um, and then finally, to wrap things up, in the B6 district, Platte Valley, who has just lost their first game of the year. They're the top seed, followed by defending champion Beatrice, then Wayne, Ralston, Seward, and then GACC. Another really brutal top four. I mean, always that that turn there at you know the last district it, it kind of inherently makes it that way um so it's going to be interesting for me in, in this one i think on paper beatrice should probably be the favorite i think they're they're the most talented team top to bottom but Platte valley has played really good baseball this year um, they've done a great job hitting the ball um, and and picking up wins where they needed to and then you go down to wayne and the interesting thing for me is they probably have an all-state arm there, Brooks Neifel. He's going to K-State. Um, he, he threw a perfect game earlier this year, threw a no-hitter. I mean, he has just been dominant. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, do you throw him in your first-round game? Uh, potentially could be uh, against uh, Guardian Angels, uh, West Point Beamer there. 
you save them for the semifinals, which the one you really need to win, or do you really risk it <laughs> and save them for the final? I don't know. It's going to be a, a conundrum there. Obviously, Ralston has the fourth seed. I mean, they, they've been a state tournament team in, in past years as well, a little bit down on talent this season. Um, so to me, just a brutal top four. I'm not going to count out Wayne there to make a sleeper run, as I mentioned, but I think Beatrice Platte Valley, that'll be a, a great, great matchup. Interesting to see, you know, depending on the way that the other districts shape out, it, it could be uh, potential that both those teams can make state if, if things go as expected in the others. Well, I think a dynamic that really changes once you get to the postseason is that of tournaments and pitch counts. Yep. Uh, because, yeah, like you just mentioned, do you save your ace for the second round game or do you risk that with the first game? Um, and that's and it's obviously different than the regular season because usually you're just playing one game. Sometimes you have weekends where you have tournaments, but that sometimes may only be two games. Here, you're talking about if you're winning the tournament, you're playing, what, three, four games over a couple of days? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's another. And that, a lot of that has to go with the coaches because in how they balance that. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing, too, because you might have, you know, three starters or, you know, what, whatever the number is throughout the year. But, I mean, ha- have these guys made relief pitching appearances? I mean, there's, it's a very different thing starting off a game Zero zero versus you know coming in you might be up to you might be down wow. to runners on base um, so in, in terms of these games too you're really looking to some of your experienced relievers to be those uh, those guys to come in and make sure you progress to the next round and and set up that pitching matchup that you want to have that's when veteran leadership really stands out oh yeah um, and you'll get to see all that next week when district play gets underway it's an exciting time for spring sports and we hope you have been enjoying it just like we have and before we go away luca where can we find you this week yeah uh hopefully if if the weather cooperates i'll be uh checking out the bellevue west baseball invite here up in omaha uh, next friday also a great tournament going on at millard south don craft invite one of the best of the entire year um, so always good to, to get these late season tournaments right before uh, we go to the district play um, but, yeah, once that gets done, we'll really have an eye towards districts here. It's coming. It's next week. Oh. Soccer starts on Monday, May 2nd, and then baseball follows that on Thursday, May 5th, next week. Can't believe it's already May, Luke. Uh, we're yeah. already there. Oh, I'm, I I can't believe it either. I think it's it's probably been, what, six weeks of, of really, you know, spring sports um, that we've been covering here because, you know, we got a late jump on things. Yeah. and. I mean, you know, you know, at the start of it, it was like, oh, there's all the time in the world. And now it's like, <laughs> okay, your season's coming to an end. Okay, that's crazy. But if there's one thing we love, it is postseason sports oh, yeah. here in Nebraska. And that all starts next week. So make sure to pay attention uh, to that as well as uh, journalstar.com, where you can find all the updates for those postseason games, including recaps, previews, gamers, ratings, everything you need to know to get ready for some postseason sports. That's going to wrap things up here on this edition of the Prep Extra Podcast. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening from Luke Mullen. I have been your host, Jeff Ekstrom. And now go out and enjoy some postseason sports.